Come on. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Harry Stout. Harry, are you ready to do this? Yes, I am. Excellent. Let's do this. Harry is a financial services business leader. He is a speaker. He is the author of his new book, The Financial Verse. I'm excited to have you on. Harry, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. George, I live in uh, Charleston, South Carolina, the historic city of the South. Married, I've got three adult children. Uh, my interests really are lifelong learning. My personal interests are lifelong learning and traveling. Uh, an example is most recently I had a chance to go to Japan. Uh, I studied culture there, spent about three weeks exploring temples and shrines nice. uh, by touring the New Golden Route. So uh, it, to me, lifelong learning is so important. From a professional standpoint, my world has been and is personal financial matters. Uh, I kind of brought up on the on the quantitative side. I was a certified public accountant for a decade, and then I spent 30 years in personal financial services. During that career, I had a chance to work in all areas. I worked in financial advice, life insurance, annuities, investments, and general insurance. And I was a, a senior executive for a number of different companies. And one of the one of the real blessings that I had was I had the opportunity to work around the world. And I've had a chance to work in the United States, Europe, Australasia, Africa. And through that, I've learned almost to have, almost have a global knowledge of people's financial needs. And what I decided to do with all that knowledge and what I do today is I write personal finance books and content. And what I try to do, George, is I share my 30 years of experience and my key learnings with others. And I do that using my Financial Verse brand. And it's part of what I call the fulfilling stage of my life, a chance to give back. Nice. I think that that's all incredible right there. I. I... I fancy myself uh, to be a, a, a learner as well and to have had the opportunity of, of the amazing career that you've had thus far and to travel all over the world. I'm, I'm definitely excited to, to, to dig into this with you today. So, All right. I mean, what's, 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 what's the best place to jump off here? I mean, just – Well, let me let – me, maybe I can start with if, if you look at the work I'm trying to do, and what I'm trying to focus on is really to help individuals improve their personal financial knowledge so that they can improve their life. And I know, uh, George, in your various podcasts, you want to help people be happier. And I, what I try to – what I say I'm looking to do is help people reduce the stress and anxiety that they have. So again, taking this 30 years of experience I've had and try to present it in an easy-to-read style to help people demystify money, if you will. And what I try to do, and I know you do this too as I, as I listen to you, 
I work to speak to my readers. I'm not at them. I speak to them. Hmm. Well, I appreciate that very much. So reduce stress and anxiety. That's certainly here in the United States. That's one of the leading causes of stress. At least that's probably the most recent thing that I saw. How, how prevalent is is that um, in, in, in other parts of the world? Oh, I, very common problems. People are dealing with longer life expectancies. They are dealing with economic conditions. Well, we as we don't have negative interest rates yet, if you look at the folks in Europe, they're dealing with those issues, and that's creating a lot of stress. And people have the same the same issues, bringing up their families, protecting them if, if they should pass away. How do they save for retirement? How do they manage their cash? Where do they put that cash? So problems are common, particularly as the world has become more and more advanced and economies have grown. So you, you really have similar problems around the world. What is different in each country are naturally the tax laws and what is available for individuals to use to solve their problems. Many times there are many more government programs. There maybe is more of a government safety net in terms of a pension than what we have here. But if you look at it as a mixing bowl, the ingredients are the same. How you put them all together to bake the uh, bake the cookies is just a little different. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that. And you talk about you talk about negative interest rates and how that impacts everything from down to down to Georgia's household to the United States economy and, and and everything else when 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 I start thinking about that number one I I'm not an economist and so that sort of that sort of uh, makes my head hurt and I have to think that that's probably most people do you think that do you think that 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 all this information that maybe it's 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 too much for people, and that's 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 one of the causes of the problems. No, actually, I, I think um, there, there's there's a real background here. What I try to do in the financial verse books is bring people back to basics. Okay. And and George, what I believe is people today don't have financial basics. And let me give you a quick example. Um, if you're if you're in this country looking to drive a car and get a driver's license, you typically all states require you to get a, to, to take a test. They may ask you to go to a classroom and, and take certain hours of classroom instruction. And certain states may ask you to uh, drive a car for a certain number of hours before they grant you that license. Let's compare that to money. What do we do to give people a money license today? I don't think that we have that. No, no. In fact, if you and I've studied this as part of part of my work, only 17 states today mandate a personal finance course be taken hmm. by the time kids graduate high school. Okay. And and I don't mean to, to, to depress your audience, but if you go back and if you graduated high school prior to 2009, the likelihood that you've had any personal finance exposure is quite it's quite small. Mm-hmm. And so. So when you look at it, I don't think we've trained people, and um, and I think it's, they need to spend more time improving their money knowledge. That's significant, number one. And then on top of that, one of the issues for folks, and it's not the same all around the world, is we are experiencing, and we're going to experience over the next decade, I believe, unprecedented technological and medical changes and economic changes, 5G, artificial intelligence, and at the same time, medical advances are, are allowing us to live longer and longer. So if you don't have good money skills and you've got a complex environment that you're dealing with, I think people struggle. 
and uh, they just don't know how to how to manage their money, how to plan, and uh, they just don't have the background to deal with it. So I think that's uh, uh, that's where I think uh, a number of us have to focus on narrowing that gap, if you will. Yeah, well, I certainly appreciate that, and. The more uh, the more high quality education out there, well, just probably the more education that's out there. I think probably the better. So, as 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 you were talking and talking about how only nineteen states require at the high school level, and so few of us really yep. have 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 a good grasp of the fundamentals. I, I was wondering, um, what what else is comparable? And what sort of popped into my head was was diet, so proper nutrition mm-hmm. and then exercise and the way we should be exercising. But then I thought also what just successful relationships with, you know. So it's yes. really it's so many different things that I, I, I suppose it's a classic behavioral gap that maybe it's a matter of, okay, I, I guess I know a little bit intellectually, but you see what I'm getting at? So it, oh, oh, no, no, George, you're so right. Let, let me just, I'll give you a very simple example. Many of us focus on getting our annual physical examination, where we go to the doctor, we get, we make sure our blood pressure is fine, our weight's good, our cholesterol isn't within reasonable constraints, and we're, and we're dealing with any uh, any of the genetic jackpot things we've inherited from our families. So we do that. How many people do an annual financial fitness review? Hmm. How many people really look at the key financial issues of their life at their lives, and? Um, that's where the you can see the gap. So you're so right. It's very similar. And to the extent to which you know better nutrition, you lead a better life. If you know you have to exercise, that is going to improve the quality of your life. There are similar basics with money that people need to, in my view, they need to look at and deal with. And um, and, and that's really important. Yeah. And okay. So we, we and I, I 100% agree, um, talked about how all over the world, it's 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 a lot of the the same ingredients going into this this batter, and then how we actually make the cookies. It's going to be you know I think I screwed up the uh, the analogy there, but we're That's on the same okay. page. Um, yes. So, what are then the 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 through lines of the the successful people? What are their habits? Yes, and I, I think there are, and and I lay this out in my book. I think there's, and I don't want to go through all these, but I think there are ten must dos that people can embrace and, and get their, uh, their, their arms around and use. And a great example is my tour guide in Japan. When she found out who I was and I was an author, she asked me to go through some of these things with her. Hmm. And she, she wanted to know how better to handle her money and, and, and how she should be managing her life. And we talked about basic things. And I know this is going to sound so basic, but a, a, a really reasonable cash budget. Mm-hmm. Making sure that your, 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 your inflow exceeds your outflow. Do you are you putting away sufficient money to fund your emergency fund? Now that what that emergency fund differs from geographical area, but in our country, so few people have an emergency fund. And then on top of that, we have the the real significant issues if you have children of educating them, and at the same time, in our families, being able to pay for medical costs. So uh, these issues are very similar for people and. And I think overall is you need to have a game plan. You, you need to have money awareness because if you don't know where you're going with money, you may not get where you need to be. And, and what I mean by that is I'm not talking about being a millionaire. I'm not looking to drive people to, oh, if you do these things, you'll be a millionaire. But I think there are certain practices that if you adopt them, you can create financial security for yourself and your family. And if life's hiccups come along, life crises come along, that medical bill, 
the car accident, the roof on your home, you're able to deal with those things in a way that keeps everyone in, a, in an environment with less stress and anxiety. So I think there are common practices that we can all work to and, and, and adopt to improve the quality of our financial lives. Got it. Yeah, and everything you, you just laid out certainly makes sense to me. Um, and geez, the cost of education and student loans has obviously been front page news. And I think that uh, that people are starting to get a sense of the the potential costs in in in, in retirement years for healthcare, and that's 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 a pretty big number. So, um, so you've been you've 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 had the benefit of of doing so many different things in the world of personal finance and so many different places. I'm I'm curious. Um, it strikes me. I I I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, and you can't drive on the street without seeing some kind of an exotic or expensive automobile and there's a lot of beautiful beautiful nice big houses and it strikes me that sometimes lifestyle gets the best of us mm-hmm. um and if all your money's going to uh, to support that lifestyle then there's not going to be money left over to uh, to do the things we were just talking about do you have thoughts on that am i being too hard on people no, I don't think so at all. And I think, again, it's it's a behavior. There are behavioral aspects that we have to deal with here. I mean, you, you have to at some point in your life, maybe it'll be early, maybe it'll be late. You'll sit down and realize what kind of lifestyle do I want? Mm-hmm. Do I need to have the most do I need to have the most significant wardrobe? Do I need to drive the most the newest car with all of the particulars in it. I mean, we see so many people today in our country, for instance, they buy the, the biggest car and spend the most they can, and they're just stretching those payments out over longer, longer periods of time. There is a, there's a reality that comes into play at some point where you need to sit down and say, look, do I really need these things? Are these what I need in my life? Are they just my wants and my desires? And I think that uh, that moment is is comes to a lot of people, and maybe it comes when they're under significant financial duress. And for others, maybe they get ahead of it and plan. And I, that's what I'm trying to promote: is plan plan your decisions, make make explicit decisions about your money, versus your money making you make decisions about what you're going to have to do with your life. So uh, you bring up a, a really fantastic point. And there's, as you as you well know, and members of our audience know, there's a huge uh, burgeoning practice in behavioral aspects of money. And, and how people look at money and what they do with it and what satisfies them and so on. But uh, I think you just have to sit down and, and, and make a decision of how important money is in your life, what lifestyle you want, and how you balance things. Yeah, yeah. And I appreciate that very much. And I think that, that the reason that you wrote the book and the reason you've you've uh, created this brand of Financial Verse is that you are wanting to help open people's eyes to that reality of the need to have these conversations with yourself and your loved ones before you do actually hit, hit rock bottom. Oh, that that's true. And, and, and I think that, again, education can't be stressed enough. One of the things I found in my, in my work and my research is that uh, the average American today spends 10 minutes a day reading. Ten minutes a day. Now, I've heard you on your program talk about social media usage of two, two and a half hours a day, which is correct, right? It's what people do. But they only spend ten minutes a day reading. And recently, I saw where the Bureau of Labor Statistics came out with with a with a number that Americans spend on average an hour and a half a month on their financial matters, Hmm. balancing their checkbook, paying their bills, an hour and a half a month. So. 
for me, that is, you're not going to get where you need to be if you don't dedicate more time to it. So can, can you do, instead of two and a half hours of social media, can you do two hours and 15 minutes and maybe put 15 minutes more a day in improving your knowledge in an area that you're going to need for your entire life? So I just, there's just some glaring statistics, substantive statistics that pop up that make you wonder why we're, you know, they support why we are where we are. Yeah. And you know what? In, in, in all the time that I've been doing the show, I don't know that I've actually had a conversation about simply scheduling on a monthly, whatever it is, daily, weekly, monthly basis, time to be focused on money matters. If it's getting better in a certain area or whatever it might be. But with all the talk about autom- automation and how important that is to uh, to our overall financial success, I think that automating that and making that a, a monthly or weekly or daily habit probably a very good one. Yeah, and, and, and George, it's so much easier today. With the internet, in this internet age, look at all the information you can get. Now, I'm, sometimes it's information overload, but there are quality programs, your podcast, there are websites you can go to, there are books you can read, there's, there's over, so much really quality information that's out there, and you just have to make some time to begin to, uh, to, begin to look at it. I mean, what, what, what's the old expression, uh, the journey of a thousand miles starts with the first step? And you just need to get started and just spend a little bit of time. I'm not, you know, not forever, just a little bit of time improving your knowledge, and I think it'll pay huge dividends uh, in your life. Yeah, I love it. Well, Harry, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Yes, my difference-making tip is to spend two, two hours per week improving your financial knowledge. Again, you can listen to podcasts. You can go to various websites and gather information. Uh, That's my key. Spend 17 minutes a day, two hours a week. Start it in in the new year. And if you do that, it'll really improve your life. And I think you'll find you'll lessen your financial stress and anxiety by spending those two hours. Well, I think that is great stuff. That definitely gets Come on. Come on. And people are going to think that that uh, that we planned that segue right there, Harry. But then people know better that I'm not I'm not that organized. So that's well done. So, so I, I I love it. All Thank right, you. two hours per week, seventeen minutes a day. And I tell you what, you know, I I'll, 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 I'm very comfortable guaranteeing that if people do that, then they will be way better off financially. So. Well, Harry, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they get a copy of your book? All the good stuff. They can know, uh, learn more about me and my and the uh, the information we provide at thefinancialverse.com. Again, that's one word, financialverse.com. And uh, the book, The Financial Verse, A Common Sense Approach for Your Money, is available Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all major book distributors around the country. And uh, again, what we try to do and what I try to do is really help – the people help your listeners improve their financial lives. I love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Harry your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to financialverse.com, F-I-N-A-N-C-I-A-L-V-E-R-S-E.com. Pick up a copy on Amazon. And I'll list all that in the notes of the show. Thank you again, Harry. You're quite welcome. Thanks, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.